T.S. Eliot <clears throat> has this beautiful poem entitled The Journey of the Magi. And he <clears throat> begins this poem by painting a picture of the wise men's journey as difficult and long. So long and so difficult that at some point, <clears throat> excuse me, they were tempted even to turn back, or at least they had regretted setting out. And they begin to dream of the comfortable life, the luxurious life they left behind. You know, T.S. Eliot has them thinking about these summer palaces and, and with terraces that they had in their home country. Yet they persevered. You know, it's a, it's a creative work, this poem. It's not a historical account. But I think he's right. You know, it would have been a long, hard journey to Bethlehem from Persia, which is where they probably came from. And the Magi, what little we know about them, they very well probably did leave, lead comfortable lives they did have a cushy existence, so to speak. So the question then is why? Why set out on a long and hard journey? Why persevere when it seems longer and harder than you thought it would be? You know, several years ago, Pope Benedict talked about the Magi and he called them men with restless hearts. They had lived this life of security, they had a, a, a uh, prestigious position in their society. They had perhaps even indulged in pleasures galore. But they weren't satisfied. And they set out looking for something greater, or rather, someone. And so Benedict calls them seekers of God. They were seeking God. <clears throat> That's an interesting way to speak about the Magi, seekers of God. Because the feast we celebrate today, the Epiphany, um, that word, Epiphany, it means manifestation. So today we celebrate that Christ, as, uh, that Jesus as Messiah, as Savior of the world, as the incarnate Son of God, was manifest to the nations in the persons of these Magi. So on this feast where we celebrate the manifestation of God, why call them seekers of God? Because this manifestation wasn't to everyone. It was only to those who sought him out. Only to those who were willing to endure, persevere on this long journey did, did Christ fully manifest his divine, uh, uh, his divine nature, his, his role as Messiah and Savior. You know, we too must follow this example of the Magi and become seekers of God. Why? Because whether we admit it or not, we are all, to one degree or another, men and women with restless hearts. We all know what it's like, I would imagine, to, despite all the good things in life, say, there must be something more. Maybe we don't feel it all the time, maybe we don't feel it often, but I would be willing to wager we all at one time or another have experienced this 
gnawing restlessness, which comes from the fact that the good things in this life, good as they are, they can't satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts and our souls. And so the proper response to this restlessness is to imitate the Magi and to seek God. How do we do that? I would say the Magi show us that as well. First, they show us that if we're going to seek God, we need to have the faith to see beyond appearances. You know, our gospel shows us that the Magi, uh, they come to Bethlehem and the star stops over this house. Doesn't tell us what kind of house it was, but, but I, I think it's more than safe to assume it was an ordinary house, if not a humble one. This wasn't a castle. This wasn't a palace. It was your typical house in a village. And they came inside and they saw a mother with her baby. Right? That's a very, it's a, it's a beautiful sight, but it's a very ordinary experience. Mary wouldn't have been clothed like a, a queen. There wouldn't have been servants waiting on them. This baby would have been wrapped in, in, in basic uh, clothing or wrappings. Yet, even though their appearances uh, showed nothing of, of the royal and divine infant that was in her arms, the Magi still acknowledged Christ as king. They still prostrated themselves before him and worshipped him as God. And we need to do the same because in a matter of minutes on this altar, that same Jesus Christ, whom the Magi prostrated themselves before, will be present on this altar, really, truly, and substantially, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. To our senses, it will appear that it's just bread and wine. There will be nothing outwardly to suggest that it's not bread and wine. No, no appearance or taste or touch will change. But our faith supplies where our senses fail so that we know that it's really and truly Christ. And just as the Magi prostrated themselves, we will bend the knee before Jesus in the Eucharist. Just as they offered gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we can offer our very hearts and souls everything we have and are when we receive him in Holy Communion. If we want to seek God, we must have this faith to see beyond the appearances this faith so that we can recognize Jesus where he is, really and truly present in the Eucharist. And this faith must continue to grow so our recognition of, our appreciation of, and our devotion to Christ in the Eucharist grows as well. But the Magi also show us that this encounter with Christ must change us. You know, at the end of the Gospel, uh, we are told that the wise men departed for their home country by another way. And there's a simple explanation for this. Herod wanted to kill the child, and they were warned in a dream to not go back to him. So they, they go by a different route. Yet down through the ages, many have seen in this seemingly um, insignificant line a deeper spiritual truth as well, that once we encounter Christ, we must change. We must be converted. We must live our life by a different way, by a different route, so to speak. 
And I think T.S. Eliot's poem, it, it gives us some insight here as well. You know, he ends the poem with, with these lines. He writes, This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We return to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. You know, Eliot sees that the Magi, they are changed by their encounter with Christ, but that this change is painful because it means they can't go back to their old ways. They can't go back to their old pleasures, their old gods. And we too, after encountering Christ, it may be painful. We'll have to separate ourselves from those, those old ways. You know, St. Paul talks about casting off the old man of sin and putting on the new man of Christ. I think that's what Eliot's getting at here. That this process of allowing Christ to, to transform us into the saints he created us to be, it's a, it's a beautiful process, it's a grace-filled process, but it's also a painful one. It involves dying to ourselves, picking up our cross, and following him. But I think there's even more. You know, Eliot uh, talks, of, uh, excuse me, you know, the Magi, they, the, the change was painful, not only because they couldn't go back to their old ways, but because their hearts desired more than a one-time encounter with Christ. You know, they, they longed to have this regular communion with Christ. And in this sense, we're in a better place than the Magi, right? Because not only are we blessed to know and encounter Christ, even more than that, in the sacraments, we have this intimate communion with him that begins in baptism, that's strengthened and nourished in the Eucharist. If we sin and it's broken, it can be healed and restored in confession, right? But even still, even though we have this incredible blessing, our hearts desire uh, an everlasting communion, we desire the fullness of his kingdom. St. Augustine put it best years ago, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until it finds its rest in thee. And so, on this feast day of the Epiphany, let us resolve to follow the example of the Magi. Let us acknowledge that we're men and women with restless hearts. Let's seek after God with the faith to see beyond appearances. Let's seek after God knowing he'll ask us to change and the change, beautiful and good, may be painful, will in fact be painful. Let's seek after God above all with the trust that when he brings us to Calvary, when he asks us to follow him to the cross, it's only because he wants to give us a share in his resurrection. <laughs>